0: I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I Don't had, forget I to had check us out <laughs> on HecklerKane.com and
1: all social media.
0: <laughs> to the bumper.
2: So up today on the Imperfect Podcast, we would manage to get Rich Graf of *Making of the Mob* on AMC. He's Lucky Luciano himself.
1: He's actually an award-winning actor. He was born and raised in the heart of New York City.
0: Did you know that he was also the Gerber baby?
2: I had no idea. That's insane.
0: Yeah. He and was he was well, one of the Gerber one babies. Of the Gerber. I, I don't well, know that he He, was he the grew Gerber up baby. now. He can actually speak.
2: He's not just yeah. a Gerber baby anymore. Well
0: he's not just a picture on a box. <laughs> <anymore>. So we <laughs>
2: don't have to have like mashed sweet
0: potatoes ready for this interview or anything? No, but I, I, I do crave uh, you know, the, the uh, baby carrots and no the, the squashed peas here. <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> I don't he, know. <laughs> he got
1: some cool projects coming up. I'm very interested to see what he got in store for us.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah not only he's he's a really talented guy, he's he's got a great career going right now Making of the Mob as we mentioned two seasons uh, playing yeah. um, Lucky Luciano The the New York-based one and the uh, Chicago-based one. Chicago. And then from there, you know, he was just in a movie with Heather Graham called My Dead Boyfriend, and he's in the process of producing two movies and two TV series. So he's a busy dude. We really appreciate him taking out the time to come speak with us. I have to give a huge shout-out to Carolyn Sames on Twitter, who hooked us up. She does Mm -hmm. PR on Twitter for a lot of folks. She's been really kind to us. She's one of our biggest fans and proponents. So, Carolyn... Thanks for introducing us to Rich. Here's the interview. Hey, Rich. Welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you guys for having me. Thank awesome. you very much.
2: And uh, we know you're a fellow New Yorker. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're out here on Long Island. And, uh, but where did you actually grow up? You grew up you're, you're in the city, Jersey? Where did you grow up?
3: So I was born uh, in Brooklyn but raised in Queens. Uh, my parents still live in, in, uh, in Howard Beach. They still have a house there. Uh, I was first raised in uh, Ridgewood, Queens, and uh, yeah, now I just live in the city, reside in the city. I'm in Los Angeles quite a bit,
2: of course, for work. That's awesome. We're uh, like I said, mentioned we're out here on Long Island, and uh, it's great to connect with local uh, talent and actors. And you've obviously your career has been just on a uh, a a rocket ship uh, since uh, joining Making of the Mob on uh, A&E. And um, but before we get to that. How long have you been acting, and what? Where did that come from? And did were you like, you know, did you ham it up when you were a kid, or like? Well, he was a Gerber baby, correct? <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Oh,
3: it's it's a strange story. There was like uh, someone in the whole the lobby of the uh, hospital, and as my parents were bringing me out, they uh, they offered to put me on the Gerber. Lift. I don't know where they saw me or who saw me or who, who connected us together, but very kind of strange story. But that's been my life, really. I've I've just always been geared toward stories, um, film, as a child, I would go to the movies on a Saturday at for the matinee at about 10 AM. And I would leave half blind at about eight thirty PM, you know, <laughs> entire day there, um, you know, rented every movie I, that probably ever existed as a teenager, just always, you know, intrinsically love the storytelling part of uh, film and TV.
2: Your educational background any professional acting classes? Did have you train professionally, or is this just a natural ability that you've come to?
3: You know, I think we, we all have something about us that draws attention to us and this, whatever it is about us. But, um, you know, I've been with some really great acting teachers. Uh, Wynn Hanman, for one, who's taught everyone from Red Buttons to Richard Gere. Uh, I was at uh, T. Schreiber Studios. Uh, there's a lot of I, I went to a lot of studio and uh, professional acting school. I, I went I actually got my graduate law degree uh, before I even started acting. My bachelor's degree is in literature and writing. And then I went on for my graduate law degree after that. So I did not even get into acting at, until about six years ago.
2: Gotcha. So you were doing the brains before the brawn. Then you were cast in your first television role,
1: right, as detective on the law and order criminal intent.
3: Correct. Correct. Uh, That was actually even before I had an agent, which was kind of cool. They brought me in. I was, uh, of course, nervous, as all can be. And uh, fortunately, I booked the role, which was nice. And then, you know, slowly but surely, I was able to um, gain some confidence, you know, get an agent, get a manager, and, uh, you know, I was always thinking there would be a perfect time to leave my 9-to-5 job, uh, but there never really was. So I had to just kind of, like, take a little bit of a leap of faith and do it on my own. Well,
0: talking Thanks. about a leap of faith, I mean, what, what, what point do you go from... Going okay, I can do this and do this outside of like still holding a nine to five job, uh, you know, taking days off. What point do you go? Okay, I do take that leap of faith and go. I'm going to be a full time actor, and this is going to be my career.
3: You know, there's never there's never going to be a perfect time. There's never going to be a time where you where you make enough money to say, okay, even if I don't work for a couple of months or whatever it is. uh, I'll, I'll have made enough from whatever that was to support myself. It's never going to be that, that time. You have to take life in terms of what gives you pleasure rather than just working for life or making money and accumulating wealth because, as we all know, you can't take it with you. And, you you know, and listen, it's not for everyone. Some people are interested in just accumulating wealth and, and being defined by how much they're worth, but that's just not for me.
1: Right, you just follow the dream You know, you feel well, it strongly
3: I, Really, it's not a dream for me It's more reality. of a some predisposed uh, Vision uh, That I've had, you know uh, Since I was a young child, really
2: You just knew you were going to do it You just felt
3: I it knew, yeah, I,
1: You know, yeah, sure, pretty much of Course. Awesome, that's great
2: So growing up as a child, being a fan of movies What actors or what movies did you Really get inspired by as a youth?
3: Oh, wow you know, as a, as a young boy, I really liked uh, John Ritter from Three's Company. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: For whatever reason, um, you know, his physical comedy and his his disposition, and you know, it just made me laugh, and it, and it, it gave it gave me great joy. And he was one of the reasons I, I went into acting. I think. I mean, it was it was a great great person too, a great man. And his, uh, fall, his part,
1: father was a country singer also.
3: Yes, that's right. His dad was a country singer and a TV personality. Correct. You know, uh, just a, a great a great person. His son is a pretty good actor now, too. Yeah.
1: And you're a musician as well, is that correct?
3: Yeah. I uh, grew up playing the piano, the horn, the drums, all by ear. Uh, I started playing, reading the music, but then for some reason, somehow, I just knew that I could play it just by kind of like playing with it a little bit and Finding which notes are the correct notes.
1: Sure, we're all musicians, also. Maybe you could tell with the guitars in the background, but yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, one of our fans on Twitter, Lisa at Cooking Up Fun Fifty Five, she actually wanted to know what instruments you play. So we got to that. We got to, to that for oh, okay. so. Well, let's, let's get specific. You said you do play the horn. What is the what particular horn?
3: Well, I played the two valve, the three valve, the trombone. Uh, oh, wow the the larger uh what is it
1: called uh, tuba tuba <laughs> or what?
3: well the larger one the one that you kind of hold like this
2: baritone <laughs> horn
3: yeah the baritone a bunch of euphonium
2: different... baritone horn
3: yeah
2: right. yeah cool how long has it been since you uh picked up one of those been a while. a while
3: the piano i still play from time to time but you know you guys are musicians so you know it's like anything else it's it's a physical memory. It's, it's a very fine tuned type of skill to have. So it, and it's acquired over a long period of time.
1: Excellent. And it was French horn, probably. That's the instrument you would think of, right? Yes. Okay, I just remember yeah. now, right? French horn, right? <laughs> there you we go. The three musicians in a row. Let's figure out what is the instrument that this guy plays. <laughs> That's excellent. Have you used any of your music in films?
3: Uh, no, but, you know, as, as you can guess, my hearing, my ear for music, it allows me to kind of help with, uh, you know, putting music in that I like with certain scenes and things like that.
2: Yeah. Sure. Of course. So let's talk a little bit about your role in making the mob, making Mm -hmm. of the mob. Sorry. So you played Lucky Luciano. You were basically the lead. I mean, really powerful role for you. Um, how did that go? How did the auditions go for that? How did you land this role?
3: You know, honestly, I had auditioned for six, uh, six different roles in the show. Wow. Uh, I first audition for um, Al Capone and then uh, Vito Genovese. I mean, I, I went in, I think, for every role except for Lucky. Oh, really? Right. And then sixth audition, they said, you know, the director loves you. Uh, production company loves you. So all you have to do now is paint your hair black put on some brown contacts, put on a vintage 1920 suit, and then we'll send in the pictures to the uh, executives at AMC, and if they okay you, you're all set. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm just glad that they actually accepted me, and I'd have to go through all that and get rejected.
2: That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, congratulations yeah. On, on that. I mean, two seasons, right? You guys yeah. wrapped the second season already. Um, right. is, there gonna, is there plan? Are there plans for a third installment?
3: No, there was never really a plan for a second season. I think we created such a an enormous fan base right. that uh, you know w- w- the viewers demanded it, so I can't see why they wouldn't go somewhere else, uh, Visa, Las Vegas, or anywhere else. I they could even they could even move up the dates uh, in New York if they wanted to to, to bring it up to current speed mm-hmm. or. He's
0: a 90 and out of curiosity. I mean, you going into if they go into a third season and everything, do you think you would be end up being a part of it? I mean, it's it, it's kind of a, a historical sort of um play by play. So, right. looking at it that way, you know, how far can luck do you think Lucky Luciano would be able to continue on?
3: You know. I'm I'm the type of person that I would rather see something uh, rest well than try to resurrect something and kind of destroy what was laid out already. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we did a fantastic job. Um, and to to go back and to maybe to ruin what we already did, I mean, listen, if it's done the right way and the writing is good, then that's fine. Uh, but I'm not just going to take a job just to kind of, uh, <clears throat> like I said, to to bankroll, uh, uh, you know, and I don't want to be typecast either. You know, I mm-hmm. like Robert De Niro and a couple of other actors, you know, they, they played, yes, a lot of tough guy mafia roles, but they also played like Robert, uh, you know, um, uh, what was the film that he did where he was, uh, in the hospital with Robin Williams, uh, which I oh. always, uh,
2: patch, patch, patch Adams. Adams.
3: No, 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 I'm Robert De Niro. um, uh, it was, awakening. awakening. Awakening, right, exactly. Oh, Sorry, you. I'm thinking of the wrong film. Uh, I was <laughs> thinking of the best you. films ever. Absolutely.
2: In terms of getting prepared for the role, actually our, our friend Carolyn, who introduced us, she was curious to know um, how much you studied to get the character down for Lucky and what work went into that and how much did you know about Lucky Luciano before you had this? Was there a well, lot?
3: Of- you know, the broad strokes, of course, we all knew about him. Uh, But in terms of uh, preparing for the role, um, as you guys know, I grew up in in Howard Beach, Queens. So um, growing up, uh, unbeknownst to me, I was best friends with, you know, the head of the mafia of the 80s and 90s era. So I grew up with Peter Gotti, who's John Gotti's youngest son. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesse Burke, who is Jimmy Burke's son. Jimmy Burke is the real name of Robert De Niro's character in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. In the film, he's saying Jimmy Conway, but the real name is Burke. Correct. Uh, Ruggerio Sons. I mean, you, the list goes. You you watch the the, the film uh, Goodfellas? There are people in the film who live in my na- lived in my neighborhood. So you know.
1: my brothers went to school with them also in Macleanside, right. I believe it or went not. To in school Queens. with
3: them, I hung out with them. I lived around the block from John Gotti, so John Gotti and uh, Sammy Gravano used to walk around the block and say hello once in a while.
1: Right. Gotti used to do the fireworks uh, display every 4th of July out in his neighborhood.
3: Oh, at the Big Bow Wow. I
1: yes. used to
2: go, hey, yeah, remember time. that? Yeah. It was the best. Was
3: the best.
2: Yeah. <laughs> in terms of um, the role here and, and what you did with, with Lucky, um, you guys were reenacting scenes, right? But there were a lot of narrators. It was narrated uh, by Ray Liotta. Um, which which we all know. How much interaction did you have with Ray? I mean, did you guys even ever meet, or was it just completely separate where you guys were doing your own thing?
3: Ray was hired. Ray was not hired until we finished shooting. Okay. So they didn't even have Ray attached until we were done. Uh, Chaz I I have had a lot of interaction with, especially from uh, when we did the opening, the premiere night, uh, got a chance to speak with him privately, really, really great guy. You know, like him, we were very similar in the terms of the way that we grew up because, you know, Bronxdale really is how he grew up and the people he grew up around. And I was kind of, you know, the same way in the sense I was parking Cadillacs when I was 12 years old for people, for money and stuff. Like, it, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds made up. <laughs> But uh, somehow true.
2: So let's talk about some of your other projects. Uh, you recently wrapped on uh, My Dead Boyfriend with Heather Graham. Can yeah. Tell us a little bit about that movie and what it's about.
3: You know, it's, it's it's actually, for some reason, it got really bad reviews in The Times and a couple of other newspapers, but it's doing really well. <laughs> I mean, if for, you know, and that happens a lot with, with good pictures, sure. with good films. So critics will be really kind of, you know... They'll bash it, but then the, the public loves it, and that's what's happening with the film, and it's a great film. It's, You know, it's a retro film. We flash back to the 80s, so the costuming is really nice. Uh, Heather and uh, John Corbett, uh, they're fantastic to work with. I had a great time with them. I had a great time with uh, Anthony Edwards. Of course, that's his first film that he's directing. Really nice guy. Uh, it's, it's, I'm really happy that it's doing well in spite of the reviews that it initially got.
1: And and you played a drummer, right? You were Mary's boyfriend in it.
3: Right. So, of course, she comes home to find John Corbett dead. And as she's flashing back in his past, of course, she's in the past. And we're going out and we're in the same band, and I'm the drummer. Mm
2: -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was it working? Um, Of course, dumps me. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) of course.
0: (laughs) Of course. You you couldn't be the dead boyfriend. You're the dumped (laughs) boyfriend. No, I'd
3: rather be the dumped boyfriend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dead boyfriend. How was it working with Heather?
3: Really, like I I said, she's uh, really professional, beautiful, and uh, just really fun to work with. Really, really fun.
2: Yeah. must have been a great experience to be on that set. How long did shooting for that last?
3: I think it was about two months, I'm going to say. A good two months. It was uh, October, November. So we were filming in the East Village. Uh, A little bit chilly, but it was great. I loved it. I'm really happy it was a New York film that it was filmed in New York, you know? Gives mm. it a nice bite,
1: and I like that Anthony Edwards is directing now. I admire his yeah. work. I mean, he's great in Top Gun, Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, you know, it's yeah. awesome still, I
3: mean, too. I mean, he was just on a large uh, role on SVU and yep. a couple of other shows, so right. he's very busy.
2: Of course, ER, he did an yeah. past, sure. exactly. You know. Yeah, he's got a he's got a stellar career. Um, where can people see that film? By the way,
3: uh, it's on iTunes right now. It's on demand. I think it might be have been pulled out of the. Th- I know it was in the theaters for the first two weeks mm-hmm. uh, here in the city, uh, but you can definitely find it. My Dead Boyfriend, directed by Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I would definitely check it out.
2: Cool. Really we'll good. leave a we'll leave a link for people on our site as well if it's on VOD, so we can get yeah. people to check it out. So, what's your next project? What's in store for you for the future? What are you What are you doing? You're directing, you know, producing.
3: I'm I'm producing a lot of stuff that I'm actually going to be in. So uh, I have a couple of great. Uh, great films that I'm producing, and I also have a couple of good shows. The the two films, uh, one is Amaranth, uh, directed by a very young but very talented director called Mark Shoemaker, and it's a kind of uh, apocalyptic end of the world, but bringing together humanity kind of film. Uh, so you can you can name a very uh, numerous films like that uh, that are going on now, and we have a. a a, gr- a great cast. I can't name anybody yet, of course. Uh, we, have a, we have a great director. We have a budget in place. And we're going to be scouting locations in Mississippi to start filming possibly within six months. Cool.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah. Wish your success yeah. on that. That's yeah. great. Yeah.
3: And another film I'm very excited about is Mr. Chicago. Uh, and it deals with the life of a man named Gary Gole, who used to be the right-hand man uh, Mayor Daley and his constituents in the '60s, '70s era of Chicago. So you can imagine the uh, the murder and the the money laundering and the melee that was going on at that time, and that still goes on, of course, everywhere. But in Chicago, yeah. and the the interesting thing about criminality and, and how, as as it in terms of the government in Chicago, there's not a lot of dirt, dirty laundry uh, coming out of there. People don't really like that. And Gary actually had to leave Chicago for 25 years because he had wrote wrote that book and wow. the script, and uh, and now it's coming to fruition. The script is amazing, amazing script. Uh, we have uh, a couple of people attached to it already. Uh, I know Michael Madsen. It, 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 we have we've been talking to him. We've also been talking to um, oh god, who is uh, the the, the um, The Mafia Don and Goodfellas. Uh, His daughter is an actress. I can't think of his name right now.
1: Paul Uh, Savino? Paul Savino? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He loves the script, so... Yeah, he's a great Uh, actor. And he's really good. Oh, yeah, I Uh, loved him, One of the two TV shows that we're making uh, is called uh, uh, Be Undetected. And I've been working on this uh, with Rennie Sharp, who is the producer of it, for about six years that he's been holding on to this. And so... uh, they're actually meeting with investors right now in uh, New Orleans as we speak, and we're going to get the ball rolling on that as well. Excellent. And then I have another uh, uh, pilot that should be coming out called Dead Exit, which is based upon a uh, a graphic novel, a comic book kind of uh, TV show.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, so there's a bunch of things that I'm working on. Uh, of course, as you guys know, if you don't, start creating things on your own then you're you're going to be left behind
2: right
3: mm-hmm. so that's what i've been doing for the last two years or so well that's you're
2: excellent. a busy you're a busy guy man and your work is proving itself i mean you've been like we said your career is kind of taken off like a rocket ship i know you're you're capitalizing i mean kind of like when uh you know when the when the momentum shifts you gotta you gotta keep up with it and keep going um what tips do you have for anybody in indie filmmaking looking to break in i mean I, about maybe getting, you know, how you got some of your projects sold, how you're getting them produced. What, what tips do you have for any indie filmmakers out there looking to get their work found?
3: You know, you have to just find people who are, um, going to do it the right way. You know, there are, there are a lot of, um, colleges out there, New York film Academy, all these kids that are looking for talented people to create a piece. So you know, you find actors that are you know willing to take very little money or no money, but to create something great, maybe it'll get into some festivals, and that's the way it's done. Right. You know, I mean, a, a lot of things that are produced take way too much money and make very little money. You know, they bring very little money back, and I don't know how it, it keeps on going on. The 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 thing that Hollywood is is doing incorrectly is. Is thinking that they're going to make a lot of money if a large name is attached, and it's it's not happening, and it hasn't been happening for the last ten years. No. So, you know, I'm not waiting for them to wake up about it. So, I'm just gonna do my thing. I'm gonna make some great movies. Everything that I've done uh, has won awards, and you know, that's the only, that's the one thing that you can do: create good content, and somebody will come to you and buy it from you.
2: Of course. Excellent. Yeah, that's great advice. I I don't even know where to go from there. I mean, that's yeah. that's a poignant point. <laughs> I, that's, <laughs> Rich. that's a
0: great thing, Rich. Thank you so much. This is thank been, you guys. This has, you has been so nice to talk
3: awesome. To you. I want to say thank you to Carolyn, of course, my PR uh, on point for introducing us. Uh, uh, I can't thank her enough, Car- Carolyn Sams in Las Vegas. Exactly. And I, you guys, whenever it is when you want to contact me again.
2: We'll all do, Rich. Great. We're gonna look. We'll be looking forward to seeing more of your work and your new films yeah. and all that good stuff. It was a pleasure talking to you and thank, thank you. thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks Rich.